Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always is the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy holidays, Eric. That's right. Happy holidays. That Christmas is right around the corner. Got a lot to be thankful for. A lot of big things happening. Yeah. What a 30-minute hour podcast. Is, it, is this the time, Ted, that we should make the special announcement? Please. Make it's so special, special. you don't even know what I'm talking about. That, that's how special it is. But I'm sure it's special if that's you say it's a special announcement. You know it's special when the co-host doesn't know about it. <laughs> no, he knows about it. I def- definitely want to talk about the fact that we were picked up by iHeartRadio. So we, yeah. we, you can now catch us on iHeartRadio. And so you, we know we do this live like we're doing right now. But then we also record it to your favorite podcasting platform. So not only are we on Anchor and Spotify and Apple but we are now on iHeartRadio. So make sure when you're in the gym, you listen to it, if you go to iHeartRadio, make sure you hit that follow button. But definitely that's that's excellent news. We can get the message out to more and more people. And one day we can be like our guest and just be international. One day, global. Global, that's right. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit as far as, because there's a science to going global. Matter of fact, there's a secret science to going global. We'll, we'll talk about it. I don't, I don't want to give it away right now. But right. all you need to know for right now is that this is not your everyday podcast. Yeah. That's right. It's not your everyday podcast. You can check us out on Instagram. We have the 30 minute hour Instagram page. You can check us out on IGTV. You can go to the 30 minute hour.net. And again, like I said before, you can go to iHeartRadio and all the anywhere you like to get your podcasts to hear your podcast you can go there and you can find us and the what now movement is going strong monday's marketing monday so we played a monday replay today from cleja gross and she she gave an excellent motivational talk for 15 minutes you need to go in there and check it out and she asked the question does your current roadmap is it getting you the results that you want definitely is something you want to go back into the what now movement facebook group check it out for yourself and ask yourself that question and today's marketing monday as well so make sure you join us and put your link in and share your services with the world ted yes sir i've got something that's on my mind please share eric yeah i thought you'd never ask me that that's great (laughs) okay i want to talk today about the secret science to going global. And it has everything to do with our guest who helps people to go global, but the secret science to going global. And as I thought about our guest, I was reminded of something several years ago that I experienced. I was working to complete a jigsaw puzzle and I reached a point in my pursuit where I was just stuck. I, I was frustrated because I, I couldn't get the pieces to fit. And, and this may surprise you, Ted, but no matter how many times I tried to connect the wrong puzzle pieces together, <laughs> still didn't work. Still continued to be the wrong puzzle pieces. Right. Doing the wrong things over and over doesn't make it the right thing. I learned that. That, that was one of my takeaways from that little experiment. But I was frustrated. I was stuck. But then I I turned the puzzle box over on the other side, on the opposite side. And there I was able to see the big picture, right? I could see how all the pieces fit together and I completed the puzzle. So once I shifted my focus to the big picture, I could see how all the pieces fit together and I was able to accomplish my goal. So, So here is what you need to remember about the secret science to going global. And again, and this is the part of the show 
where you just need to stop. If you're listening to this replay, for example, and you're, you need to pull over to the side of the road. If you're in the gym, you need to put pause, press pause on the treadmill. What if you're doing online last minute shopping? You need to stop. You just need to get off of Amazon or wherever you're doing your online shopping for a minute and really get this. You need to put down the ham sandwich. Yeah, right. Here's what you need to remember about the secret science to going global. As long as you stay in the box, you can't turn over the box. Wow. You can't stay inside that traditional box. And that's the key. I mean, we talked about, remember we had Phil Pellucci, who was our previous guest, who is yeah. based in London, England. He's got this huge business, but he's only, he's only got one client in London, England. Mm. His whole customer base is from all over the world. He has more people in the United States. But because why? He got out of that traditional box. So you can't get that big picture perspective if you're stuck inside the box. I mean, try it. Try to try to turn the box over if you're in it. You can't do it. It is physically impossible. <laughs> you gotta try. And so the entrepreneurs who take things global, like Phil and like others, they can focus on that big picture because they start by stepping outside of that traditional box. It's really it's about a shift in the mindset. And the good news is. Our guest today, he has mastered the secret science of going global. And we're going to talk about exactly how he did that and how does he help people to do the same? How does he help these entrepreneurs and these corporate people do the same? So he's known as the CEO confidant. Mm. That, that, that's pretty cool there, the CEO confidant. He's an influencer. He is an international TV host. He's a public speaker. He's a CEO, consultant, board member, and a philanthropist. So in the he last- somebody. He is somebody. He is somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I told you, this isn't your everyday podcast. No, no it's not your everyday guest, man. And we got some other stuff to share about, about him. Well, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. In the, in the last 25 years, he's empowered more than 1,500 CEOs in 33 different countries. Mm. He was born near Barcelona and he has lived in eight countries and speaks five languages. Both established entrepreneurs and corporate CEOs, they hire him to bridge the gap globally for expansion and exposure because they have limited themselves to their immediate market, their own backyard. So he helps them to understand, discover and design a plan to go into international markets. There is a science and a secret to taking things global and that is his mastery. Please join me in welcoming to the 30 Minute Hour Podcast, Angel Rebo. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you very much, uh, hey, Eric, and thank you very much, Joe. Ted. <laughs> I felt that thank I needed that. Oh, thank you. You're, you're so kind. I have to say that it's been difficult for me to stay quiet because <laughs> you're really, you're really very, uh, you're, you're a very interesting co-host, <laughs> and 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 really, you've you've made definitely uh, the best ever introduction of myself to any podcast I've ever attended. So thank you so much. Really, I I I, I was wait, reminding wait, wait, myself wait. that I was so hold obedient. On, hold on. Okay. Hold on, Angel. We're gonna we're gonna shoot you a cash out. Please. A cash out information <laughs> for that. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. Uh, the fact is that, I mean, I we, we have already spoken with with uh, you know with you for a while, but uh, you know when I think that one of the most important things for being out of the box is trying not to fit in, but rather to be yourself at every single moment of your life in your life. Yes trying to be yourself every single second of your life, just to be fully present. Yeah. And, 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 and I believe that there's always a reason why things happen. And I didn't anticipate that the Christmas week of 2020, one year that we will never forget, none of us three and nobody in the audience will ever forget 
what happened in 2020. Nobody, absolutely nobody of the 7.5, 7.6 billion people on earth. And this week was the one chosen by God to be here, all of us three together. Mm-hmm. And talking about something which is extremely important, which is going global, right? Yes. Maybe maybe it was an option before, but right now, with everything that's going, you know, going on locally everywhere, I think that going global is, has become more of a, a, a necessary thing that you have to do and you have to start considering, but also more difficult to do. Everybody's talking about, oh, it's going to be more difficult to travel. It's going to be more difficult. That's why all those developed assets uh, throughout my entire life in those countries with those CEOs, those relationships, I think that they might play a very important role for, you know, for, for obviously for myself, but for everybody that I'm, I'm happy and lucky to have relationships with. Mm-hmm. And I want to finish this initial statement, if I may, because actually we are celebrating this week on Friday, we are celebrating the birth of someone that actually never wanted to fit in. He never wanted to be in a box. And I'm having chills as I'm saying it right now. Mm. Never, ever. What a testimony. Mm. What a testimonial for all of us, for all humanity, to have Jesus Christ that never wanted to fit in, who Mm. was not, you know, he was crucified and he died for all of us. I'm not trying to preach anybody or not trying to make, obviously, a religious speech here. But what I'm trying to say is, hey, guys, we have we are genuinely divine, all of us. You are divine. What an amazing week to talk about going global and not wow. fitting in. Absolutely. Man, you, man, you can preach. I was about to get the organ, man. You about to get that thing going. <laughs> Thank preach. you. Thank you. Thank you. This morning I had, you know, we all have, you know, teams of people that we work with, right? My, my team meeting with my entire team is every, every Monday at 8.30 a.m. for one hour. And today, actually, I completely postponed my entire agenda and I said, this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about not fitting in, about being flexible, and about being yourself no matter what. Mm-hmm. And trying to look for the answers inside of you and your heart as opposed to going to anywhere else to look for them. We are innately good. We were born good. We were born to do great things in this world. And going international is one of them, just one of them. But we are here, we are here to do good. And you know what the name of my, of my actually my LLC is? The name of my LLC is Divine Human Ventures. Divine Human Ventures. And it's funny that I didn't really pick that name. Well, I picked it because I had to sign the documentation and everything. But in the beginning, I was looking for other names, and they were all booked. Mm. I couldn't find a name I really liked. That was in 2016 when I started my consulting business. But eventually, I said, well, if those, why don't I try to, you know, move around all these different, I wanted, in the beginning, I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted it to be divine business. But the human part was missing, and divine business ventures was already taken. And I talked to the owners, the owner said, no, 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 that's mine, you know, it's so many thousands of dollars. No, 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 you can't take that one. And then I said, wow, divine human ventures, of course, because we are divine beings, we, because we carry God inside of us. And, and that's, that started the whole journey. Mm, wow. So, so let's, let's step back a little bit. I want, I want to provide our audience with your backstory. So, just, so, so during your childhood years, what did you want to be when you grew up? The first thing I knew I wanted to be well, the first thing I knew is what I wanted to have many children. Okay, and honestly, even when I was a kid, I wanted to have many children. Don't ask me why. I just thought that I had to be, I had to be teaching something, someone, and I wanted to have my own family and teach them. And and probably already I was looking ahead and I wanted to have like a legacy of whatever I was going to do in the future. That's number one. Number two. So my 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 mom and dad very early on they said, Angel, you have to learn foreign languages. None of my, nor my mom, nor my dad had a degree. They were just humble people. They were, you know, fighters, hard workers. They said, we want you to learn English. So I started to learn English in, was it in fourth grade, third grade, fourth grade. And then in the same school, I was learning French. So at the end of high school, I was able to speak fluently French and English. And that's, it was then when I said, oh my God, I think that there's something I can do here. I think that I have start, I have to start traveling. So I was in Barcelona, I, I, I studied, you know, uh, computer engineering first and then uh, an MBA. And I said, 
I have to start traveling. I have to start, you know, seeing what I can do in the world. How can I use those languages? So that was really the beginning. You know, my mom, my mom was a was a school teacher, and and you know, in a school teacher in a rural area. So she would have these many different, many different, you know, uh, like students from anywhere from two, three years old up to you know, 15, 16, You know, these old in, in rural areas where the school teachers were like coping with every single thing. And my father was, you know, he was just one of, you know, the son of a, of a country man, you know, working in the ranch with his family and they got together, you know, and, and the first, actually the first profession that my father had was, he was a carpenter, you know, <laughs> because a cousin of his was a carpenter and I invited him as asked my grandfather, hey, can I take Angel, and I'm Angel the second, uh, can I take Angel to, to, to learn how to be a carpenter? And that, you know, that, that he, all, he always, and probably that's something that I inherited from them, from him, he always wanted to like transcend to where he was born, from where he was born. So he was born in a small area and then he went to a larger city and a larger city. And then he eventually, he, he actually was doing, you know, large, you know, project financing with John Hancock in Massachusetts. I mean, just to give you an example, you know, and he was doing, you know, incredible, you know, projects with Rolls-Royce, the, 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 you know, the, the energy company, the, the energy division of Rolls-Royce. So again, you can really be anybody in your life. It's just a matter of the answer. The question is not if I can do something, it's how, how can I do it? And he was always asking that question. And I think that since I was in the school, since I was in school, I think that I was also, I'm always asking myself, how can I do that? How can I do that? And what can I do with this? Okay, I have two languages, but so what? <laughs> so what? You know, what else? So what? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answer your question, Eric. No, no, that's good because I mean I think that's that that little shift makes all the difference. You know, can I do this? To how can I do this? Yeah. I mean that that makes all the difference. That opens up possibility. And even when you look at the idea that you've learned these four languages at a young age, like most of us don't think that's possible, right? Most of us think, oh, I can't learn another language. Oh, no, no. But, but you didn't have that block. It was, they, they presented to you like it, it was possible. And, and it, knowing that, it wasn't optional, right? You got to learn these languages. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I, I, you know, I had to do it. And I remember, I remember very well the moment in which I went to the, for, a, for one summer, for one month, I went to the UK, so uh, to an English summer school, and I remember that was the change between you know when you learn a foreign language that you are always translating the words, translating. So I decided myself to isolate from the rest of the Spanish community in that summer school in the UK, and I, I actually was sharing a, an apartment with with a Swedish guy uh, in a, in, a, in, a, in an English family, and. I changed completely. I mean, in one month, in 30 days, I went from translating everything to just not thinking about what I was saying in, in English. And yes, when you are forced to do that, when you are forced to do that, you eventually do it. You know, it's going to take more, you know, more or less time, but you are eventually going to do it. And I think that that has also been following me throughout my time. You have to do it. Put yourself on a very difficult position. So the only thing that you can do is move forward, burn your ships, burn them, burn your boats, burn your fleet when you get to the final destination. That's it, that's the only thing you can do, nothing else. Start creating something else new, something, something new. That's it, go move forward. I think that that was probably, that was probably my childhood. That's the way to that's do pretty, it. That's, that's pretty interesting. I always tell people you have to act like you're you're locked in a room and you have to get out. Like, like not getting out is not a, an option. And then you just start thinking through, okay, do I go through a door? Do I bust through a wall? Do I go through the ceiling? Do I, do I use my phone and call someone? I mean, whatever. I mean, and you just think like that to deal with, you know, deal with some of the you know, challenges that you, that you face. And I think if you do that, and it's so easy just to say, and we talk about this all the time, it's easy just to say, to do nothing. To say, well, I can't do it. Exactly. That's why, you know, that's why, you know, Eric, since the very beginning, he's here to remind us that procrastination is not an option. <laughs> no, you got to do it now. 
you have the vaccine, Eric. You have the vaccine <laughs> against procrastination. <laughs> Eric, Eric, do you know something about procrastination? <laughs> now, Ted, you know, if, if only there was a book on the topic, that would really be helpful. If only. If there was only like a book written on the topic about overcoming procrastination, like 12 principles or something like that, that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be ideal. But, but let's, let's keep it moving, Ted. You know, <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we can look for one later on, on that topic. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. So, so you're at this time where you learn these four languages. You had to do it. If you could go back to that time, knowing what you now know, what advice would you give to yourself? I would have taken more risks. Hmm. Oh, definitely. I would have not wasted my time as much as I did. It's like you, you have to be in creation mode all the time. It doesn't have to be boring. You have to be on creation mode all the time. Create something, do something, go to the community, talk to people, try to do something, try to volunteer, try to go to another coffee shop and start a conversation with someone. Oh my God, how much time have I wasted in my life? How much? Honestly, it's like, Angel, look for opportunities everywhere. They're all around you. They're just one conversation away. You know, uh, the other day someone asked me, what would you tell your kids? What would you ask those, your kids? They have three kids. Um, I asked, and, and definitely that's that one thing I would do is start building your Rolodex since you are in elementary school. Wow. Remember who went to school with you when you were in first grade, second grade, third grade. Start keeping those connections alive since you were a kid. Oh my God, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the power of now knowing and having a, like a warm conversation with everybody that you have met in your life or most of them? Can you, oh my God, I mean, I mean, really, just thinking about it, I would, I would have learned so much. Imagine all those conversations with people that probably right now live in a completely different context, right? They, have, they live in a completely different frame, frame of reference when you were talking about being isolated in a room, right? Can you yeah. imagine all these people, all these thousands of people you've met have, having their name, just the full name, I mean, just the full name, not even the phone number, because today you can, you can almost meet, you know, find anybody online. Just to have the full name of these people, where you met them, what, what age, what you did with them. Oh my God, just, just to do that, my, my, I, I'm guaranteeing that my children are gonna have all this amazing network and are gonna be exchanging all those ideas and are gonna be enriching themselves and, and you know, giving away to all, those other, all these other people about what they will be doing throughout their lives. Oh my God, just that thing. And, and I didn't need money. Ted and Eric, I don't need a cent to do this. I don't need anything. It's just one single habit that can be taught at every single elementary school in the world. The network. Sorry, Ted, I interrupted you. You wanted to say something. No, no, no. So just, no, I think that's a very interesting point that you bring up. And that's one of the great things about social media, right? So, you know, I'm able to see some, we're able to see friends that you had in elementary school. And I can think of three right now and how they were in elementary school and what they're doing now. Like one, I won't say any names, but one guy, he was class president. It seemed like from first grade all the way through high school. Like he, people didn't even run against him because they just knew he was gonna win. And then I remember one time watching the news and saw that he was some political strategist. Like he's always been doing that type of stuff. And then another guy, he was into rock and roll. Like I always had the t-shirts, ACDC, Kiss and all that. Get on, connect with him online. He's had a rock band for like the last 30 years. Like that's what he's been, he's been doing. And then, so it's just seeing these people and looking at kind of what they're doing now, you know, and just knowing, you know, who's going where. I mean, that, yeah, just those connections are so, you know, are so, uh, so key. So yeah, so Eric, you know, with your, your kids, you have to let them know that they need to start networking and getting their Rolodex together right now in, you know, whatever grades they're in. But see, I, I think <laughs> that the school system teaches you that you have to have all the answers. You, you have to know everything. You, and it, it doesn't really teach you that 
you can get the answer. You can network. You can build relationships. You, so I, I think that's something. Now, Angel, I think that's a great point that we need to be intentional and, and really talk about the value. Because I have somebody in my elementary school who was like the executive producer on that OJ documentary they did a while back on HBO. Yeah, this, this is a guy, he was, he was like a couple of years behind me. And yeah, he, he's just doing big things. You just never know. So yeah, that networking is critical. Now, this, Angel, this is what got me. I, I, I was looking at your website and you write about the first defining moment of your life. And I was just, I was amazed. Can, can you talk about that? You, you had this, it was like a spiritual experience you had. Talk about the defining moment you had. Yes, well, I, I would say I have had two very important defining moments in my life. Um, the first one made me actually change all my entire life from Europe to the Americas. And the second one was when in 2015, I figured out what my life purpose was and I had to devote my time, not only to you know, keep, on my, keep on working on my connections with very highly influential, high level business people, but also to find out or to talk or to help these underprivileged kids in, in the entire Latin America, okay? Probably my website speaks uh, about, I don't know if it's about the first or about the second, probably it's about the second because it, it changed my life uh, completely. But um, so basically I was in Mexico City, it was um, February 28th in 2000 and, uh, no, March, excuse me, March 28th in 2015. And I was still working for a large high-tech company and it was Saturday morning. I was on the 13th floor of this massive hotel in Mexico City. And as any other executive of a large corporation in America, on Friday night, you should take the last flight from wherever you are in the world and go back home, right? So unfortunately, I missed my flight to DFW. And what happened? So I had to stay and I had to take another flight, but it wasn't until like 5 p.m. on Saturday. So I was feeling really down because I was extremely, extremely tired. But feeling that remorse that I'm going to miss my weekend again with my family, I'm going to miss my weekend again. So, you know, I, I, I woke up already with this remorse and, and I went to the shower. I, I you know, I turned on the, the, the water and as soon as the water started to run and I actually, you know, it was a bathtub, remember the room as it was today. And as soon as the water started to touch my skin, I started to feel that rush, that incredible rush of, it's like the most comparable thing that we can think about is like when you have goosebumps, but tenfold, this kind of experience. And suddenly I became extremely emotional and I started to see all those images of every single time I was going to visit one of those, you know, manufacturing plants of this super, you know, powerful corporations that they would have these manufacturing plants in Latin America on those very impoverished areas. Every time I would go there, I would meet with very high level people, very influential in the area. But before I go to these manufacturing plants, guess what? And outside, there would always be kids selling me any sort of you know, candies, gums. Uh, I would like to keep your car safe while you are inside the manufacturing plant. I would like to you know, clean your car. I would like to wash your car. I would like to, I don't know, wash your windscreen, you name it. So all those ideas, so all these, all those images that for, I was so used to it, I would never, I would never even think of the difference of in five minutes, I can be just shaking hands with a boy who lives in absolute poverty. He has no drinking water, no education. In five minutes, I'm sitting on the most luxurious meeting room with a very powerful person that has a budget probably under his belt of what? $500 million, easy for a large manufacturing plant automotive industry in, in, in Latin America. So the, all those images came to me. I, it was so hard, I mean, so strong that I, I, deep, I, I, I literally fell into my knees and I was crying and crying and crying and crying. And with all those images of all those kids, I said, oh my God, what's happening? I'm having chills again right now as I'm explaining it. Um, what's going on here? I think that this amazing gifts that God has given me of being able to speak foreign languages because in Latin America, they speak many languages and in Europe, I have all these areas, all, all the Americas, all Europe, a part of Asia, I've been working. It means that, you know, it means that I have to do something. 
nobody like nobody's going to do this if, if it's not me. Nobody has these relationships with these super corporations and their executives, and at the same time is able to see and be sensitive and be, you know, be um, aware enough, mindful enough about what these kids are going through. And that was the start of wisdom for kids. That was the start of, you know, of, of, of the foundation. I, that day, I remember being extremely emotional. I remember that anybody would tell me anything, I would literally go into tears. The entire day, the entire day. I remember that there was a gentleman that was driving for me in Mexico City. And he, he came and I, I actually, that day I invited him for, for breakfast because I had to say something. I had to, I had to explain that to someone. And that was, his name is Martin, Martin. I said, Martin, come have breakfast with me because I would like to explain something to you. And I explained that to him and he started crying again. And he said, ¿Qué le pasa? ¿Qué le pasa, señor? What's, what's going on, señor? What's going on, señor? What's going on, sir? I said, no, nothing wrong, nothing wrong. Just like I had this experience and I have to do this. And, you know, I, I have to reflect to see what I, what, what I have to do with all, all that experience. So I went back home. I went back to Dallas, explained my family everything. And the following day, I, make a phone, I made a phone call to a friend in Mexico. I said, this happened to me yesterday. Would you join me? Would you be a co-founder of Wisdom for Kids? He's from Latin America. He's from Mexico. And, and that, was, that was the second. And then he brought in his father because... Coincidentally, his father had been the educator, the trainer. He was a, a university professor of teachers in Mexico, oh, wow. of teachers in Mexico. So he had literally educated thousands and thousands for 50 plus years, educated thousands of teachers of Mexico, written 73 textbooks being used wow. still today, still today in Latin America, still wow. today. I had no idea that his, his father had done that. So it was just it was just like, this has to happen. You know, this has to happen, no matter what. This, this yeah. wisdom for kids is going to happen. You know, and that was the starting of the conversation. And then, you know, obviously, you start thinking about what's the best way to do that. And 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 you know, after that, so we've we've already touched more than one thousand families. So yeah, that's 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 wisdom for kids. That's that was definitely a. That was definitely a very important moment. I've, I've, I will never, obviously I will never forget it. You know, the hotel and the, the embassy suites in Mexico City at that time. Not that I want to publicize any brand, okay? <laughs> so thank you for sharing. That, that is incredible. And so you feel like that's your life purpose. And so talk about what you do with Wisdom for Kids. So you're, I know your mission is to teach them entrepreneurial skills and to help them to talk, talk about what you do with wisdom. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing we do is number one is identify areas. We have identified, well, number one, 81 million kids live in poverty in Latin America. That's, that's data from 2012. After COVID, only God knows. 81 million. That represents 45%, 45% of the entire children population in Latin America. 45%. Of these 81 million, 22 million have no drinking water. No drinking water. So they have to go somewhere to get that water and drink or wash dishes or even, you know, go to the loo, whatever that is, you know. So there's a huge population. There's like very, very clear, like kind of three different categories, unfortunately, of, of, of impoverished kids in Latin America. The ones that live in, in, in the outskirts of the cities the ones that live in rural areas and the ones that live in indigenous communities. Mm. And as, as we go from one to the other, actually the, the level of, the, the level of uh, poverty increases. There's nobody in the world poorer than people living in indigenous communities. They have nothing. 95% of kids living in indigenous communities in Latin America are poor. So mm. what we do is we identify those communities or any of the three kinds of communities, we go, to, we identify those communities, and then we go, we, or we have obviously our, our volunteers to go there and to identify community leaders. And we tell them, hey, we would like to do this. What do you think? The first question all of them ask is, how much is it? All of them. And then we say, well, it's for free. And then why would you do that? Well, we do that because that's what we do. We help underprivileged kids to do this. And then we ask them, 
have they ever received any kind of entrepreneurial education? The answer is obviously no. Will they have any in the framework of their studies up until they end the finish high school? The answer is no. No. Even if we talk to, even if we if we talk to school principals, that sometimes is the case, small rural area uh, principals, they always say, "We want you here immediately," and we are not going to tell anybody. We are not going to tell anybody because we don't want anybody to know. It's not that they want to keep them to keep it to themselves. It's that they don't want anybody to say no to them because their priorities their priorities are the kids. The kids are the number one priority. They don't want any, you know, government official to say no, 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 no. If that doesn't go through the official, you know, you know, uh, pathways, we will not allow you to do this. No, they want that there immediately. You know, that, so they really. It's then when you realize that, hey man, going back to the 25th, we are good. You know, we are good, men and women. We are good. We are divinely good. Everybody wants, everybody wants the good for everybody else. That's inside of us. That's inside of us. So then we, we, we just start like planning, how can we do this? Who can we teach? What are the group ages? We have three different workshops depending on the group age. And then basically we go to that community and, and then we, we, we teach our workshop. I have to say that our workshop is very unconventional. So if you if you expect someone to have a whiteboard uh, and start teaching them, you know, anything related to business, that's not our starting point. Our starting point is bringing those kids to the right level of of excitement and enthusiasm, so that they start embracing what we are going to teach them afterwards. It's to connect with them again, connect with their hearts, and you know what, kids are magic. Kids are amazing. Kids are much more natural than us. Are much more, are much more. How to say this? <laughs> I don't know at what age we stop being humans and we are like part of a society and we stop thinking and we're not innovative anymore and we're not creative. You know. So these kids are natural. These kids really want to make a difference in the world. These kids are open to learn anything. The only problem is that the only frame of reference they have is poverty. Is that they don't have anything. And that's, that's why we do a very intense, let's say, mental energy work through activities, okay? Through activities. And the end, the end result of this workshop is to make sure that they know that anything is possible for them in their lives. Anything, anything is possible. That we increase their self-esteem and that we leave them, we actually leave them with a booklet with a very powerful meditation with very, very, very solid you know, hand-picked affirmations that they can always go back to. They can always go back to. And that's what we do. You know, very unconventional workshops, very, very energy-based that, you know, we connect, that allow us to connect with the kids really with the essence of who they are. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. And that's, I'm sure it's got to be rewarding to be able to pour into these young individuals and really set them up for success later in life. So now we talk about the benefits of having a, a global business and you help people with that. You help CEOs and these corporate leaders. What are some of the benefits of having a global business that people may have overlooked or may not be aware of? Well, number one, we tend to think that what we are doing is enough. We tend to think that our only clients are local. We tend to think that the people that live in other areas in the world, they have different needs or they want different things. And that's not right. Again, going back to the same thing, we are human beings. And right now it's actually, it's a very good example. You know, I mean, again, I'm not gonna talk politics or religion here, it's just what it is. Would you say that the level of fear in the population compared to the level of fear in the beginning of the year, has it increased or not? Probably it has, oh, yeah. for, whatever, for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason. And the number of, you know, bankruptcies and it doesn't matter. It is what it is. So at the end of the day, right now, as bad as everything that is happening in the world is right now, I see the world in the form of opportunities. So right now, every single one in the world 
it's funny, but every single one in the world is more like on the same spot than any time before in history. Do you see that? Oh, for sure. Do you see that? So as far as you are able to connect with them culturally and maybe even obviously using their language, guess what? They are in a very similar place, very similar place to you. Has anybody thought about this? Has, there has never been a better time in history to relate to the rest of the world. Never, ever. Never, ever. And at the end of the way, at the end of the day, all these things happening in the world right now, again, it's December 2020, right? So people are very clear of what they want. Very clear. Very clear. Would you say that people are more clear now of what they wanted, what, what they thought they wanted in the beginning of the year? Absolutely. Who has not found, who has not suffered a little bit from lack of, let's say, lack of freedom? I have had to change my habits. I have had to change the way I, the way I conduct myself. I have had to change. Again, I'm not making, I mean, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, yeah. let's, let's look the world from a, a new pair of you know, eyeglasses. And that's, that's why it's, it's an amazing magic moment right now to be able to go internationally, globally, and knowing for sure what the others are going to feel and what they're going to want. And this is additional business for us. So I think that this is being one of the most incredible moments in history to create value in other geographies. You bring up an interesting point that I never thought about. I think, Ted, you want to jump in too here in a second. I see. So, it, you know, the, the challenge is trying to establish common ground, right? When you're, but, but with now, I don't care if you're in England, Australia, Philippines, wherever you are, we're all dealing with this pandemic. And I never thought about it from that perspective, that it is much easier now in today's climate to establish that common ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're truly all dealing with this together, right? I mean, it doesn't matter where you are in your, your financial uh, uh, structure, doesn't matter, you know, race or anything. I mean, everyone's dealing with this situation and it's the first time there's ever been anything like this. And it's, <clears throat> it's interesting kind of going what you're talking about as far as the opportunity. We had Dr. Willie Jolly as a, as a guest recently. And he said that during this time, he said there's going to be billionaires, millionaires, and witnesses. Totally. Right? Like I during this time, you know, I mean, and this is really interesting. Like if, if you're thinking about what you're going to do when things open back up and you know, things go back to normal or whatever, you know, you may be waiting, right? So you gotta go with what you have right now and and come up with these, you know, with, with uh, you know, the ways to, you know, kind of leverage the tools that are out there and, you know, what better time to go global, right? You know, you don't have to get on a plane to go global. You can just get on Zoom and be global. So yeah, it's amazing time we're living. Exactly. And something that I, it's funny because this year I didn't do any resolution, you know, for this 2020. I only picked two. I remember in Spain we have, a, we have this uh, habit of in, if you want really like your wishes come true during 2020, what you have to do is you have to actually eat 20 grapes, excuse me, 12 grapes, 12 grapes when you know the new year in the new year's eve so at midnight new year's eve you have to eat 12 grapes wishing what you want for 2020 mm. i did i didn't do that this year that, that's a habit in spain that's something that the spanish people do and some people in other latino uh, countries too uh, what i did is i'm gonna have a, a, a mantra this year and my mantra for this year was why not why mm. not why not? Again, change frame of reference. Change frame of reference. Why not? How many times someone calls you or sends you an email and you say, oh, no, 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 this guy wants my business. This, one's what, this guy wants to sell me something. This guy wants to... I'm not saying you're going to say everybody, yes, everybody that's writing to you, I don't know, an email to connect on LinkedIn, just to say an example. But it means that in, if you are aware and you are intentional, Eric, Every single time that someone says something or proposes something, why don't you try to say, why not? What would happen if, right? Why not doing this? Okay, so 
Why not? Why not? What's the, what's the, what's the bright side of this? Why not? What's the bright side? The other day, I was, I was having a conversation with someone I had met five minutes before, just one unsolicited Zoom conversation. And he told me, I'm going to China with my son next month, next year in, I don't know what month it was. I said, wow, really? Okay, good. You're really a brave man. Everybody's talking about China right now in the US. You are American, he's American. Why don't we do like a series of live conversations? You just need your cell phone and I'm going to do all the, you know, all the exposure for you, all the visibility. While you are in China, let's talk to the normal people on the streets. You know, to just make sure you have someone that speaks uh, Chinese with you. Let's have, let's try to bring those, you know, all our, you know, societies together. Let's try to be like, let's try to discover the raw China. Not the China of Wuhan or not the China of the Tiananmen you know, square with the tanks. No, 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 no. You're gonna go there to visit with your son. Let's do something out of the ordinary. Let's share what China is for someone that goes there as a tourist. As, so I, I actually said, why not? I was thinking about it before saying, and then I said it. And he goes, oh my God, what a great idea. What a great idea. So suddenly, and you guys obviously, you are in the you are you're in your heart in your dna you carry this thing of we want to help people we want to inspire business owners we want to inspire entrepreneurs right and you know that communication that's why you have a podcast that's why we are live right now on facebook you want to impact as many people as possible you are in that business so you know the power imagine that i was in china right now in the middle of a square or i was in the wall of china the great wall of china and we had a live session wow wouldn't be wouldn't it be like super cool if we could talk to some Chinese people like the real Chinese people over there you know no politicians no media no 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 like the real ones the one that is like you know getting the five you know yuan's or whatever that is the uh, you know the amount of money that you have to pay for anything whatever that is anybody anybody on the streets that you can talk to. And be be genuine, be you know, be real. Again, I think that everybody is genuinely good, genuinely good. Just try to find it. Just try to find it. Just build bridges. How many bridges have been burned for the last ten months? Ted and Eric, how many bridges? Oh come on! Don't tell me you are the only ones that have not like unfriended like twenty men, you know, twenty people that you were fed up with their post and your timeline. Come on! I mean. I mean, right? I mean, because you were just fed up. I don't want more of this, you know, just unfriend him and I block him and, 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 and I inform Facebook. This is, this is like, you know, I, I had enough, you know, for the rest of my existence, I don't want their posts to show anywhere in my, in my you know, in my online a series of outlets. It, it's true. It is, you know, it's, it's the reality. It's, you know, we live this every single day. You said you were in, you know, you said you were in, uh, um, in Instagram and you mentioned your Instagram outlet. Instagram is doing pretty well. There's not so, so many you know, fights over politics, but oh my God, go to Twitter. Oh my God, go to Facebook. And lately, oh my God, every single day there's political posts even on LinkedIn. You know, I have, I had, to, I have had to change a few, a few things myself <laughs> on LinkedIn. I mean... I, I used to engage with, but right now, depending on with who you engage, even if they are high-level people, I mean, people were asking for your vote. I, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I mean, we in Europe, we, we vote 70%, 70, 75% in every election, right? I mean, I understand that we have to vote. I value that a lot, but, you know, give me a break. <laughs> build so, so, build bridges again. No, and I, certainly, I agree with that. It's like everything's getting more political, more negative. We need to focus more on the possibilities and the positive things that, that can come up. So, so man, there's somebody that's watching us and they're like, you know what? I've got a business. I've got a book. I, I, I do speaking and I want to go global. I want to be like Angel and I want to be international. What are some simple steps that our followers can take to take their game global? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very, it's, it's much more simple than what people think. Okay, it's not just to go 
and start sending emails or, or paying ads on a particular geography. That's not the case, okay? Because there's always this intercultural impact that you have to be able to learn about. You have to understand that culturally, every single country, even, I mean, just Mexico, our southern border. I lived in Mexico for many years. We tend to think that they're pretty similar to us, but in reality, they are not. They are not. So number one thing, you have to become aware of the cultural differences. I would recommend you to do very simple things like study their stories, their history, excuse me, study their history and understand what's the difference between, you know, doing business in one place and doing business in another. What's that thing that the people that live in that country value the most? What is it? Right now online, you can really go online and, and, and really see a lot of many different things. Everybody is criticizing that we got home every night and the first thing we do, switch on TV and guess what? It's either news or Netflix, right? It depends, news or Netflix. Well, if you go to Netflix, let's do something. As opposed to fiction, why don't you go to nonfiction? Why don't you go to documentaries? Why don't you look for a good documentary on that specific geography that you want to go to? It's so simple, right? But nobody does it. Remember, right now, the needs of the people in the entire planet have changed, mm. have changed. All the needs, all what everybody wants as well has changed. You are able to help them with what you are already doing. There's a really high likelihood that you can already serve these people. Then the answer is how you're going to do it, okay? So that's the second, the second piece of advice would be I would recommend you to really get in touch with local partners, like people that really understand already what's going on in their market. And it's much more simple than what you think. Obviously, that's what I do for a living. I already have like my portfolio, my Rolodex of people that have developed relationships of trust for years, but you can still do that yourself. Probably in your church, there's many people that you already know that might have some connections in that country that might connect you to someone that has a business in that country that might help you do that. Third, count, um, marketing. We've, we have spoken about marketing many times. To go to the market is different in every country. In order to know exactly how you have to go, it's not that just translating your, the swipe files of your emails or the copywriting of your posts. No. You, know, you have to go hand in hand with someone local that really knows how to speak the local market. And that's, you know, that's extremely important. And fourth, I'm saying it fourth, not because it's the least important, it's actually the most important thing, which is take action, take imperfect action now. Take imperfect action now. Take imperfect action now. Take imperfect action now. Don't wait even a second. We've been talking about procrastination the entire night. Don't wait a second, do something now, just now. Just now, do something, take the phone, talk to three people, four people, five people, 10 people before you go to sleep and ask them, do you have a connection in X market? Do you know anybody from that country that is there right now or that is here? And start moving the needle. Start doing something, start making steps. Start making those steps. Obviously, what's the difference? I mean, if I do this for a living besides my passion, besides my, you know, my, my experience is because obviously when you have done this so many times, you eventually are able to, you know, cut to the chase, you're able to take shortcuts, you're able to do things faster, right? Which is one actually, which is one of the main reasons why, you know, startups fail is because unfortunately they wait too much to take the first steps. They mm -hmm. wait far too much, far too much. And they don't really test, they don't prove test their value proposition in the market. That's great. I mean, you said something that was powerful, take imperfect action now. <laughs> Not perfect action. You don't wait yeah, until no. everything line. There's never going to be a perfect time ever. You just have to do it, right? Got to do it. Just do it. Now that, that's great, and we have to get to this because this, this just boggles my mind. When you and I were talking before, like several weeks ago, you told me this thing. You you're like an international podcast TV personality, and you had a thing. You, you set what I believe to be a world record. I think it's a world record. Maybe it's not, but I, I think it is. 
it's a, it's a record in my world anyway. So talk to talk to us well, about this speaking, record. Speaking of imperfect action now, it was a Monday, okay? So today is Monday. Imagine today I woke up uh -huh. today thinking I have to do something for my nonprofit and I'm going to do it on Saturday. I'm going to do it on Saturday. And I said to myself, okay, so on Saturday, so it's only four days away, what I'm going to do is the following, or five days away. I'm going to, I'm going to do the following. I'm going to organize as many I'm going to interview as many people as possible, and I'm going to have conversations with them about children education, how to help kids in need, how to help parents to, you know, on, on parenting, anything related to entrepreneurship and kids. And I'm going, to have, I'm going to talk to as many people as possible. So I said, okay, so I'm going, to take, I'm going to talk to as many people as necessary so that on Saturday I have lined up a few interviews. Fast forward. 3 a.m. on Saturday, I wake up, I start interviewing people at, on, at 4, literally at 4. It was, I mean, I remember that day very, very clearly here in my office. And I started going to Europe to my first guests. So in only five days, I was able to have a lineup of 20 plus interviews, 20 plus people, including Les Brown, by the way, including Les Brown. So Les Brown didn't know anything, anything about this on a Monday. And on a Saturday, he was kind enough to jump into a conversation with me to talk about how to help kids in need. I yeah. ended up, I, I actually conducted more than 20, I think it was, I was well over 25. Uh, and it was only myself, only myself dealing with the, with the lives. You know, I didn't use Zoom. It was just using raw Facebook. Can you imagine do, using raw Facebook for the ones that do live live sessions on Facebook, how many times it doesn't work. You are in the middle of copying, of, of describing the event, you're gonna go live. Guess what? You cannot press the button go live anymore and you have to go back. Imagine doing that with a list of 20 plus people for the entire day to be to interview. I remember the last, the last conversation was actually with one of the co-founders and we were for more than one hour and it was well over midnight. Already on, a, on, already on Sunday. And I remember my wife was knocking at my door every five or six hours, leaving me some water and some nuts, really, literally. So I was on, 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 on nuts and water the entire day. But, and I changed my t-shirt three times, different colors. And the people started to say, hey, I, I like better the, the color of, of, of two ships ago and this kind of things. But, oh my God, that was the living prove that we can do anything, anything, anything. I was nonstop since 4 a.m., nonstop dealing with, again, my cell phone, my tripod, my computer, my WhatsApp, my email, all by myself. Nobody was helping me, all by myself. So that's why, hey, you cannot start a podcast like like you cannot start the podcast like in one month or in one week or in one day come on give me a break if you really want to be the conduit the conduit of everybody else's greatness and you want to inspire these people with everybody else's greatness if you want to be that instrument in the middle of you know of these people and you want to be communicating all the time creating great content it's only up to your will and your intention, nothing else, nothing else. Yeah, I mean, you, you've basically taken away everybody's excuses. Anybody that says, oh no, I, I can't start a podcast. I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait until things get back to normal before I start my podcast. If you, if you can do 24 hours of nonstop interviews, anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. And, and you know what? Who doesn't have a cell phone? Who doesn't have life on Facebook? Tell me. Who doesn't have IGTV on, on Instagram? We all do. We all do. And you can even go to a Starbucks and you talk to someone. Well, now it's a little bit more difficult. Maybe you have to go to the outdoor dining right now. And you're gonna, you just ask the person sitting next to you, hey, what do you do? And again, you know, your challenge is to ask questions that, that might, you know, might bring answers from your guests that might be interesting to them, right? <laughs> That's what we do. We just try to try to tap onto that genius of our guests. Everybody's a genius. 
everybody, no exception, because we have had different lives. We have lived different lives, different circumstances, different people, amazing, unique genius that all of us carry inside. Wow. All right. So we are now at the part of the show where we go around the horn. And this is where each of us will leave that closing takeaway that we want you to remember about this episode. We'll go ahead and start with our guest of honor, Angel. What, what is your closing takeaway that you want the people to remember? Uh, the most important thing I would like everybody to remember in this very special, you know, 51st week of the year is it's, it's, it's this Friday is, is Christmas. It's mm -hmm. Christmas. What a living example we have of someone that didn't want to fit in and wanted really to fight for the truth. You carry the truth inside of you, not outside, inside of you. Fight for it. Fight for it. Bring the best of you and, and start serving humanity. Start serving everybody around you. Do that immediately. Don't stop. The, the, the question is, why not? Why not? Why not? Thank you, Eric. Oh, Thank you, man. Ted. Let me tell you, you know, we, we talk about Christ and the reason for Christmas, but the amazing thing, you talk about possibilities, he was able to have a global impact without leaving his geographic area. Right? He never left this, he was in that same area, but just impacted the entire world in time in and of itself. So, I mean, that that's, man, oh, we, we can stay here forever, but we're we going to keep it moving. <laughs> That, that's some powerful thank stuff there. That, thank you for uh, for sharing yeah. that. Thank you. Okay, Ted, no pressure. <laughs> I'm just saying, how do you how do you follow that? I'm telling you. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, uh, just the whole discussion around Christmas and Christ and the, the global impact. How do you how do you follow that? Um, I'm not gonna necessarily try to top it because I, I think it's untoppable, right? But I'll just like to, to go back to just talking about when uh, Angie mentioned it, that everyone needs to be in creation mode, right? They're trying to, trying to create. And I think it, it, there's, there's never been a time like this where you, you know, you're, you're constantly thinking about how do I create? How do I, how do I pivot? Right? These are the, this is the, uh, the hand that I've been dealt. How do I make it happen if I'm a restaurant and I can't have people come in and sit down? What do I do differently? If I'm a, you know, a, a business owner and I'm used to going out and shaking hands with, with, uh, with clients, how do I do it now? I had a, a colleague say to me, I can't wait till things open up so I can just go and shake hands with clients again. And I was thinking, really? Like, I think I've done better with getting to clients virtually, saving a lot, uh, a lot more time, uh, not spending as much time, gas, energy, or whatever, and 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 getting to and getting to fruitful conversations, and then just being able to, you know, to you know to develop. And I think it's all a matter of again, kind of going back to what I said before: is you know you're locked in this room, yeah, and and you got to get out. You know, open up your mind, as Eric said, you know, get out the, the box and and look at, you know, look at the big picture, you know, and, and be mission focused. I think that in this time, more than ever, I think this is the time that's making you think so easy to say, I can't go here, I can't do that. I, well, there's a whole lot of things that, that you can do. People say that the, the world is closed. No, the world is wide open. You know, you just gotta be able to to look at it and you know try to come up with a, a, a way to get done what you need to get done. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. But thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, and that's great. And I think Ted, people are gonna start figuring out soon that never say we're gonna wait until things get back to normal around Ted and I. <laughs> no, it's not gonna work. Don't do that's that. not gonna work. <laughs> Mm -hmm. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> so, so my around the horn, it has to do with, so, so not too long ago, I heard an interview 
they were interviewing Jamie Foxx and he was talking about what comedians do to prepare when they have like their Netflix special or they've got their HBO special. Here's what he said. And it really speaks to the power of having that global perspective. He said beforehand, they'll take months. They'll literally go to comedy club like around the world and, and they'll just test material. So they know, and they, and they pay attention to the things that everybody laughs at. So they know if they're in England, they're in Canada, they're in this place and everybody laughs at the same joke. They know that's a keeper. Mm-hmm. Right. They have global perspective. They know for a fact that when they get on HBO, they know exactly what works because they've been with it all. They've been all around the world with it. And, and I think that just speaks to the power of global perspective. And I think mm-hmm. when you, when you can resonate on an international level, yeah. you, you know, what works, you, you just have, you're not just thinking, you're not just thinking about Clinton, Maryland, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more. Than, right. As great as Clinton, Maryland is, right. there's so much more in the world than Clinton, Maryland. Right. Right. You, you, you've got perspective from, you've talked to somebody in Australia, London. I, I think that's just powerful. And I think that's why everybody needs to really listen to this. Again, that this again, we talk about, you got to put the ham sandwich down. You need to do that. Listen to this episode again. Hit the rewind button and listen to Angel's tips as far as how you can go global and really take those four steps those four steps are priceless, especially that last thing he mentioned. That last thing about you got to take imperfect action. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Awesome. So, so Angel, please, please let everybody know how they can connect with you. To get more yes, th- thank you. I'm very, I'm very active online. I post every single day, thanks to, thanks to the uh, magnificence of uh, the human beings that are part of my team. And uh, including my kids, by the way, they are also copywriters and they are also video editors and everything. So that's something I do. The first thing is uh, go to go to LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You will find me there. I answer to every single email. The easiest way to reach out to me is definitely to send me an email. I respond to all the emails. It's angel, A-N-G-E-L, as angel from heaven, right? Angel at Angel Rebo, Rebo is spelled R-I-B as in boy O.com. Angel at angelrebo.com. That's the easiest way to find me. And again, if you interact with me on, on uh, social media, mostly on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn every single day, you will find me there and I will be very glad to, to talk to you. And thank you for the opportunity, Eric and Ted. Yeah, we, we thank you for, for, for being on the show and sharing what you shared. Uh, truly inspirational. I think you you open you, you open some perspectives as far as what's possible. It's not just about Woodyard Road and Clinton, Maryland. It's <laughs> there's a there's a lot bigger world out there, and there's a lot of opportunities. Very That's close. Right. It's much closer than you think. Much more. Mm-hmm. Much closer than you think. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we told you it's not your everyday podcast. See, now you see what we were talking about. This is not your everyday podcast. Once again, don't forget, you can go to the 30minutehour.net. You can go to iHeartRadio. You, you can check us out. You can go to the 30 Minute Hour Facebook page. You can go to our Instagram page. Check us out. The, the recording of the IGTV episode. Again, we want to thank our special guest, Angel Rebo for joining us today and giving you perspective on how you can go global. Have a Merry Christmas. It's coming up this week. Have a Merry Christmas. Stay safe, stay healthy. And until next time, have a great one. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Merry Christmas.